Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to Betterology, the show all about helping you think better, do better, and be better in your business, family, and faith, and get happier, healthier, and wealthier along the way. I'm Philip Gonzalez, and today I'm excited to dig into one of my favorite pieces of content, five ways to know if your relationships are healthy or not. The purpose of figuring out if they're healthy or not is so that you can come up with a way to fix them. Now, before we dive into the content, I want to say thank you to those that watched our previous episode. We are just launching this thing, and at the moment, we're doing a live stream. That's how I produce the episodes. It's one way that I can make sure and get it done. Uh, Last time we did in the morning. This time we're doing in the evening. We're launching on Tuesdays. So I'd love to know feedback for those of you that watch either live or later. What's a good time for you if you would want to tune in to the live stream? We're still figuring out what we want to do with it, but uh, I'm pretty excited about being able to share things that I believe can help you level up in your business, in your family, and in your life. So that said, I want to ask you a question. Are you a human? Because if you're a human, chances are you have relationships with other humans. And that's a very important thing to remember because there's no getting away from this. You could presumably move to a mountain cabin in Montana. You could store up a couple of years worth of food. You could live off the land. You could withdraw from civilization. But for most of us, that's neither an option nor something we would actually want to do. And so that means we're stuck in the relationships that are around us. Now, maybe for you, you're in business and you have relationships with coworkers or employees or your employer. You have relationships with your vendors and your suppliers. Obviously, you have relationships with customers and clients. And these are all very important to get right because in a world of abundance where there's plenty of people probably who can do what you do, Sometimes the thing that differentiates your company and your service the most really is the relationships you build with the people with whom you connect. Of course, in personal life, you have romantic relationships and those significant others, your spouse. You have your family relationships, immediate family with your children or your parents. You have extended family. You have all sorts of other people that you have relationships with. And if you're not careful, you can do what so many people do and put your relationships on autopilot and hope they work out, hope they get better, hope for the best, but not actually do anything to make a positive change. Well, I'm going to help you do better because I believe you were made for more and I'm here to help you get there. So I'm going to share my screen. And what we're going to do today is talk about what I call five C's of healthy relationships. Now, this is a training that I love and it's so practical in nearly every area of life, because again, you have relationships in every area. So I hope this is helpful to you. And as always, I highly recommend you grab a notebook or notepad and take notes so that you can take things with you as you go. All right, let's dive in. Uh, The first thing to look at uh, here is that the five C's of healthy relationships, this is a cycle and a sequence because they all work together. You cannot isolate one area of your relationships from all the others, because the very nature of relationships is human beings interacting with other human beings, and we are integrated whole people. So you'll notice that it's a cycle. Uh, So keep that in mind. The first thing, the first C of healthy relationships is commonality. 
And this is the basic idea that you can't actually relate to someone with whom you have nothing in common. So I can't have a relationship with a tree. I can appreciate a tree. It's great. Uh, I can have a kind of relationship with a dog or a horse or a cat, absolutely. But there is a qualitative difference between the relationships we have with nature and with animals and the relationships we have with human beings because with humans, we have so much more in common. Now, you may say, I don't know, Philip, you don't know the people that I'm connected with. We have nothing in common. Well, let me just encourage you with this. One way to know if your relationships are healthy or not is to look at not just what you appear to have in common, but look at how much you're willing to work to find what you have in common. Because the truth is, there's probably a lot more that you have in common with the people in your life than you realize. You just have to be willing to take the time to look, to do some digging, to ask some questions, have some conversations. And at the end of the day, isn't it true that we all want to feel like we're connected with other people? We have people who get us and who we have common interests with. That's the point of commonality. Now, usually, when it comes to relationships with other people, commonality is the first place that you kind of wade in. If you have an opportunity to get to know someone and you quickly realize you have very little in common, chances are, unless you're forced to, you probably won't cultivate a further relationship with them. But let's say you do. Let's say you find someone and you do realize you have something in common with them. Great. Well, the next step is often communication. And I don't have to tell you, I'm sure, that communication is a vital part of any healthy relationship. If you can't communicate, then you really aren't able to progress in your relationship with this person. Let's think about it in a sales context. If you want to make a great connection and build a good relationship with your clients, your customers, with prospects, so they become clients and customers, you need to be able to communicate in ways that don't just make sense to you, but also make sense to them. That's one of the things that will inspire them to buy. In fact, we could even, you know, keeping the business context, we could even go back to the idea of commonality. One of the best ways to make progress in any kind of business relationship is go and find out stuff you have in common and bring that up in conversation that endears you to the other person. So for instance, sometimes I'll have an opportunity to hop on a sales call with somebody uh, for my business. And I will typically go and look and find things on their Facebook profile or LinkedIn profile. So not too long ago, I found out someone lived in Colorado. Well, my brother lives in Colorado, and it turned out not too far from where this other person lived. And that was a great way to bring up commonality. But when it comes to communication, here's the thing that most people miss. Communication is not about what you say. It's about what they hear. And you rarely find a conflict that doesn't have at its root some form of a failure to communicate. Someone thought that they were saying what needed to be said, but they didn't know that what the other person was hearing was something totally different. Now, there's a whole framework that I use to help clients and help others get better at communicating, and perhaps we'll cover that in the future. But just remember that if you want to have a healthy relationship, or if you want to gauge how healthy your relationship is, whether it's a personal one or a business one, ask yourself, how well are we communicating? And even better, ask the other person, how well are we communicating? Communication C number two. All right, the third one. This is care. And notice I put a little parenthesis in a V. This is care as a verb. Here's what I'm not talking about. 
A healthy relationship is not just one where you feel caring feelings for someone else. That's nice. That's great. But the truth is, and you've experienced this if you've had any length of time in relationships, the truth is that our feelings come and go. And we may not always feel as caring as we once did, but we can always choose to care about someone else. Let me explain what that means to me. There are plenty of seasons when my wife and I are living our lives and there's no major crises, but the truth is, I just don't feel as caring as other seasons. And in those moments, I have a choice. I can choose to follow my feelings or I can choose to do what I know is best for the health of our relationships and do something to demonstrate my care for her. Because care, like love, is actually a choice in addition to an emotion. And you can't always control the emotion, but you can always choose. I tell my kids this all the time. When they're kind of navigating their world and learning how to deal with others, learning how to deal with life, I tell them, you can't always change how you feel, but you can always choose what you do. Healthy relationships are ones in which both parties choose to care about the other person's interests. So what does this look like, for instance, in a business context? If you have vendors, then you should care about getting them paid on time, and they should care about delivering what they promise to you on time. That's a healthy relationship. When one or both parties legitimately stops caring about the other person, that's a relationship on the decline, and it's probably fine, uh, probably time rather to go find a better vendor or somebody that you actually do care about. Care is the third C of healthy relationships. And by the way, all this stuff, uh, you know, we could go way deeper into any one of these. That's not really the point of this show. The point of this show is to give you the ideas that you can then take and run with and learn from. And of course, if you want to go deeper, feel free to reach out and we could explore that together. But I hope you realize that you don't have to follow your feelings to have healthy relationships. You can choose to do the actions that will bring health to the relationships you have and you'll be far better off for it. The third C of healthy relationships, care. The fourth C, this is compromise. Again, I probably don't have to explain this too much. You know that if there is a relationship in which one person always gets their way and one person doesn't, that's not a healthy relationship. That's either a codependent relationship, a dysfunctional or deeply toxic relationship. If you're in a work environment where there is no room for discussion or debate, when you say something, your team has to do it and you never take any talk back or vice versa. Perhaps you're the one who is the team member and you have a boss to report to and they say something and there's never any discussion. They just say it, you do it, that's it. That's not a healthy relationship. That's toxic. And that's not going to contribute to the long-term healthy growth of your company. So if you're in leadership, be willing to entertain the idea of compromise in some areas with your team members. Otherwise, you may find yourself having to find new team members. Obviously, in personal relationships, this is really key. If you can find and develop the skill of meeting in the middle you'll find that those relationships grow healthier over time. And often, you'll find that your separate interests and your separate desires will, over time, start to overlap more and more so that your compromise actually feels like less of a loss and more of a win the more you do it. Compromise is 
the fourth C of healthy relationships. And finally, commitment is the fifth C of healthy relationships. If you are honest with yourself, you know that in almost every relationship you have, whether it be your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your spouse or significant other, your relationship with your employees and your team, your relationship with your shareholders, stockholders, vendors, clients, customers, suppliers, neighbors, friends, relatives, if you're honest with yourself, you know that there's definitely been times when you have wanted to cut the cord with all of them. If you look back and say, you know, if I had cut that cord then, you'll probably find that in many cases you would have been much worse off. Now, let me be super clear. I don't believe that commitment means you stay in toxic or dysfunctional relationships, whether they be in personal or business contexts. I think you should be respected, you should be treated well, and you should offer that same stuff to someone else, right? But most of the time, what makes relationships fall apart is not that there's extreme toxicity or major dysfunction. Again, there are those cases, but for most of us, we just don't get our way all the time. We just have to bend in our preferences. We just feel disappointed, and we ourselves do some disappointing as well. And those are the moments when healthy relationships are willing to step back, and the people in those relationships are willing to say, you know what, right now it kind of sucks, honestly. But I choose to be committed because I believe that there's something better on the other side of this season. And everything in life is only a season. It will change for better or for worse. Healthy relationships have strong commitment. So those are the five C's of healthy relationships, commonality, communication, care, compromise, and commitment. And if you want to know if your relationships right now are actually healthy, these are the five things you can look at. Now, here's a question. Uh, do you realize that not all relationships are created equal? If you actually take a step back and think about it, I think you would agree, yeah, actually, some relationships are more important than others. But how do I know where I should be spending my time and how can I evaluate that effectively? Well, good news on our next episode, we're going to cover what I call the four rings of relationship, which we'll go into exactly that. But before we do that, I want to show you a tool that I believe can help you in evaluating how your relationships are doing so that you can start making a plan to fix them. So I'm going to show you this. Now, this is a Google Doc I created. And if you would like access to this Google Doc, if you want this so that you can use it, you can make a copy you can print it out. You can use it to evaluate your own relationships. I would love to send it to you. All you need to do is leave me a comment uh, or send me a direct message. Let me know. I will need your email address so I can add you to the document. This is not a public document. These are tools that I put a lot of time and effort into, a lot of love, and they're not for passing around to anybody. These are for people who really want to take action to level up their life and business, and I'm here to help. So, this is the relationship evaluator, and it's very simple, just a questionnaire. I uh, got some introduction here, got a reminder of the diagram. And here it is. Um, first, you just write out, here's my relationship with whoever it is, and it has a series of questions. So I'm going to walk through these right now so that you can actually write some of these down. You could just take your own notes. And like I said, if you want the document, feel free, just send me a direct message or a comment with your email, and I'll be happy to add you as a viewer to the document. Commonality. 
If you want to evaluate if your relationships are healthy, list five or 10 things you have in common with this person. And what I find is if you're willing to actually take the time to sit and think about it, often you'll find that there are far more things you have in common than you really realized. Start with, we're both human and we speak the same language. And of course, if you don't speak the same language, that's going to be hard, but we'll just pretend that you do. All right. Commonality, five or 10 things you have in common with this person. A second thing is, answer this question, how meaningful are these things to you? And how meaningful are these things to them? See, when you start to realize the stakes and and how meaningful the commonalities are, a lot of times you'll get a better read on where you can take this relationship to help it be more helpful. If you have a lot of things in common that you really don't care about, it might be time to dig a little deeper and find some commonalities that you do find meaningful and that they find meaningful as well. All right, number two, communication. In general, how well do you feel heard by this person? And why do you feel this way? And you'll notice in this document, I'm a big believer of asking why to understand what's underneath the thing you're experiencing. So how well do you feel heard? But here's the second question. How hard do you try to really hear them? It's great to want to be heard. It's also important to do the work to listen to someone else. And it's not fair to ask someone else to listen to you if you're not willing to return the favor. And here's the third question under communication. If you want to evaluate how healthy your relationships are, if you ask them, the person that you're thinking about, how well do you think they would say they feel heard by you and why? Notice and why. You say, well, I think they, I'm sure they feel like I hear them. Okay, why? Make it specific. And if you can't answer that question, maybe it's time to have conversation. By the way, pro tip, if you really want to take your relationships to a better place, do this evaluation with the other person. Have them take it too and then compare your results and that can spark some great discussions. All right, number three, care. Here's the question. When was the last time you did something intentional to show this person you care about them? And what did you do? And notice I said something intentional. It's great that you have things that accidentally come up. It's better if you did it on purpose, because that is revealing what kind of investment you're making in this relationship. And what did you do? Uh, The next question, how well or how poorly was your action received? And why do you feel that way? Do you feel like it went well? Or was this an example of no good deed goes unpunished? And then write why you felt that way. Next question, when was the last time something this person did made you feel like they care about you? And what was it that they did? Did they go out of their way to provide something that you needed? Did they give you an encouraging word? There's a whole other section, a whole other talk we could do about the five love languages. Maybe you're familiar with that. I highly recommend that book, by the way. Go look it up. Anyway, how well did you receive your action and why do you think you responded that way? These are important questions to ask. Number four, compromise. When you and this person want different things, what percentage of the time do you feel you get your way? They get their way? Or what percentage of the time do you meet in the middle? And then why do you think the numbers seem that way to you? Now, notice the language here, and this is very intentional. I didn't say, why do you think the numbers are that way? Because unless you're actually tracking and keeping a list and a spreadsheet, you don't know what the numbers actually are. You only know what they seem like to you. And it's important to own that. When you're having conversations with someone, especially if there's conflict involved and there's compromise needed, Own the fact that all you have is your perception. 
and hopefully they'll do the same. Why do you think the numbers seem that way to you? And then here's an action item, something very specific. Ask this person what they think the numbers are and why. And then write down what do they say? How often do they feel that you get your way? How often do they feel they get their way? And how often do they feel you meet in the middle? And why? And here's a big question. Are you happy with the way things are? Why or why not? And are they happy with the way things are? Why or why not? If you both put down that you get your way 90% of the time and they get their way only 10% of the time, you might be happy, but I guarantee that's not healthy. And that's not a recipe for a happy long-term relationship. Consider that. Finally, uh, number five, commitment. How committed are you to making your relationship with this person work and why? And again, I'm not saying that if it's a toxic, abusive, or highly dysfunctional relationship that you always need to stay in them every time. Obviously, there's a lot of variables that go into that. But bottom line, are you committed? Or are you just kind of sitting on the fence waiting for things to happen and then you're going to cut and run? How about on the other person's point, uh, on the other person's responsibility. How committed do you feel this person is to making this relationship work and why? Do you feel they're committed to it? And here's the third question and a big one. What are the stakes? How important is this relationship to you and others in your life? Sometimes a relationship really isn't that important in the big picture and it's okay to just let it go. Other times, there's a lot more people involved and you need to be very careful with how you approach your level of commitment when there's other people involved. Write these things down, do some digging, and I hope this will help you have a better sense of why things are the way they are right now in your relationships and what you can do then to fix them. And on that note, I've put a bonus section here because uh, I don't know if I actually mentioned this or not, but cultivation is the key to improvement. If you're not cultivating these areas, don't expect they're just going to improve on their own. That's typically how life works. So for each of the area above, uh, if you're anything less than 100% happy with your evaluation, take some time to think and write down what you're going to do to make things better. What are you going to do to improve your commonality? What are you going to do to improve your communication? What are you going to do to improve your care, which by the way is a verb? What do you do to help yourself care more intentionally? What are you going to do to improve your ability to compromise? And what are you going to do to strengthen and honor your commitment? These are questions that when you answer them honestly, they will unlock a whole new level of growth in your life and your work and your relationships. And that is one of the biggest reasons I do what I do. So I hope that has been helpful for you to look at these five areas, the five C's of healthy relationships, so that you can evaluate where you are now and better make a plan to get where you want to go next. If you'd like to explore some of that more, feel free to reach out. I'd love to help. And I thank you, as always, for joining me here on the Betterology podcast. I love sharing things. I'm very excited about our next episode next week, the four levels, I'm sorry, the four rings of relationship. After that, we're probably going to start getting into some more business-focused content that's going to have some application, certainly to personal life as well. But again, we're about business, family, and faith here. We'll come uh, definitely have some faith content in the, fu- in the future as well. And if you have any suggestions or ideas to improve the show, I'd love to hear your feedback as well. 
One last thing, if you want to get more inspiration, resources, and other things, feel free to join me at philipgonzalez.com. And also, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we should be done with uh, at least the first version of betterologypodcast.com so that you can download episodes and things like that. Until then, you can check us out on YouTube and Facebook. All right, that concludes our time together today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm glad you could show up. And here's wishing you a better tomorrow. And may you have the strength and wisdom to do what it takes to get there. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next time here on Better Knowledge.